Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Hey, By the Book listeners, this is Kristen. And this is Jolenta. Welcome to Season 4 of By the Book. As you can probably hear, we are airing as normal, and this will happen through January 3rd. So, wherever you always find us, we're going to continue to be there. And to get updates on where you can find us after January 3rd, email us at kristenandjolenta at gmail.com or keep an eye on any of our social media feeds. Thanks. And now, on to the show. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content, so maybe use headphones if you're listening at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Jolenta. Would you say that you are an honest person? Yes. I mean, are you asking if I'm a liar? I mean, I'm more calling you a liar. Calling me a liar? Yeah. And I'm a liar, and Cameron's a liar, and everyone who's listening, you're liars, because there is a new self-help book that says we are all liars. And I know what's going on here. You're going to make me live by this book. Yes, I am, because I am a liar, and I am Jolenta Greenberg. I'm not going to say I'm a liar, but I am Kristen Meinzer. And this is by the book. That is not a lie. In each episode of Buy the Book, we choose a different self-help book to live by, follow it to the letter, and weigh in on whether or not it actually changed our lives. Today, our book is Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. 
Rachel Hollis grew up the youngest of four kids in a white, working-class, insular, evangelical Christian family. By her definition, her childhood was both sheltered and traumatic. Her parents had an unhappy marriage, her father frequently yelled, and when she was 14, she discovered the body of her older brother after he took his own life. Rachel was desperate to escape her childhood, and so, at the age of 17, she graduated from high school early and launched a new life for herself in Hollywood. Within her first two years there, she enrolled in college, then dropped out, landed a job with Miramax, rubbed elbows with wildly famous people, and began dating the man who would eventually become her husband. Fast forward to the present, and Rachel's now the founder of her own event planning company, the creator of a hugely successful blog, the author of several best-selling books, a sought-after public speaker, and the wife of that man she met as a teenager, as well as the mother of their four kids. In her book, Girl, Wash Your Face, Rachel insists that her trajectory can be replicated if we just choose to be happier. On the flip side, she also insists that if we're unhappy, it's our own fault. Note, Rachel is careful to define unhappiness as something quite different from depression, which is clinical, and sadness, which is a natural reaction to painful events. In her mind, unhappiness is the result of telling ourselves self-sabotaging lies and then choosing to believe those lies. To illustrate her point, she lists chapter by chapter the 20 biggest lies she used to tell herself and the way those lies kept her from becoming her happiest self. Along with those lies, she lists the steps that she took to rewrite a happier script for herself, steps that she insists we can all take on our own journey to greater joy. Here's how you do it. Step one, let go of the lies that denigrate your self-worth. Stop comparing yourself to others. Stop putting up with men who treat you badly. Stop saying you can't get past something bad that happened to you. Speak your insecurities aloud. Keeping them silently inside you is what gives them power over you. Start owning your story. Figure out what fills you with joy and do those things. Surround yourself with positivity. Put yourself on the top of your priority list. Go to therapy and acknowledge that only you can make yourself happy, not something outside of you. Step two. Let go of lies that perpetuate bad habits. Stop saying you'll do something tomorrow that you should be doing today. Stop saying you need a drink. Stop letting your weight own you. Acknowledge the reality of your bad habits and what triggers them. Remove temptation if you're trying to cut a certain habit out of your life. Consider how little respect you have for others who keep saying one thing and doing another, whether it's dieting or showing up on time, and commit to doing better. Step three. Let go of the lies that diminish your skills and potential. Stop saying you're bad at sex, parenting, writing, or anything else you want to do. When it comes to sex, get adventurous and find out what turns you on. When it comes to parenting, know that taking care of your child and taking care of yourself are the only two things that need to be on your to-do list. And when it comes to writing and other creative endeavors, do them for yourself, not for other people's feedback or reviews. Your work will never please everyone. Step four. Let go of the lies that keep you from succeeding. Stop making yourself small. Stop saying you need a hero. Make a list of everything you've accomplished. Set goals, not time limits. Write your goals down and announce them out loud, saying I am instead of I'm thinking about maybe. And when you really want something, don't take no for an answer. Step five. 
Let go of the lies that keep you set in your ways. Stop saying there's only one right way to be. Stop closing yourself off from people who are different from you. Acknowledge your position in life, whether that's white or straight or upper middle class. Acknowledge it and seek out relationships with people who are different from you. Find community spaces like church, gym, meditation center, or library that are intentionally multi-ethnic, multicultural, and intergenerational. Find someone that is okay with you asking humbling questions about privilege, race, etc., so your shame doesn't get in the way of learning about the world. That's what the book says, and so that's what we did for two weeks straight. All right, Jolenta, tell us about your first week of living by Girl, Wash Your Face. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. I started right with step three. Because any step having to do with sex is automatically the step I would like to begin with. (laughs) And so I wanted to, you know, let go of any lies that diminish my potential for sex. For more sex. Yes, for more sex. You just wanted to have more sex, Uh, yes. And in this case, the lie is that my partner Brad and I are too busy to have sex as often as I'd like, which is probably every day. Yes, we all know. Everybody who's friends with you knows this, Jolenta, that you would like to have sex every day. Yeah, um, but you, you guys both have insane schedules. No, you have I very know. Big, yes. He's got that early morning shift. You have a different kind of part-time sort of freelance shift, thing. Yeah. yeah, so, so it's, it's tough with your we're schedules. We're all over the place. But lucky for me, Brad and I were going on a little four-day trip during week one. So on our drive to our little vacation, I made him this proposition. Uh, what the author did is she and her husband made sex mandatory every day for a month. But because we're only doing this two weeks, I thought it would be mandatory for every day of this trip. Whoa. How do you feel about that? Uh, yes. Okay. Cause that I way, considered it mandatory without the book. But I know. I know we try to do that on trip, but it's just like, it's mandatory. Sometimes that might mean you need to like change it up a little more. Also, like... Me having an orgasm is mandatory, but I think we tend to already play by that rule. It's all, it's all about you, babe. Are you uncomfortable right now? Are you recording this? Yes. Then yes. <laughs> but you're on board. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, let's, yeah, let's go to town. All right, sounds good. Nice. So the four day sexathon, did it actually, did you follow through with it? Fuck yeah, we did. (laughs) No, uh, the first night it was a little forced because we were tired (laughs) from driving. (laughs) But once we got going, uh, it was very worth it. And um, the rest of the days were great. They were great. You know, we tried different times of day, different places, like different moves. It was fun, but. I'm not going to lie, at the end of the trip, I was very sore and tired. (laughs) And I I started realizing, you know, maybe it's okay that we don't have sex every day all the time because, like, I don't know if I can actually handle that. So maybe I don't need to, you know, worry about uh, the frequency as much as I had been. So maybe it really was a lie that I've been letting hold me back a little. That is a great awakening. Yeah. Uh, What did you do after that stop? (laughs) Well, after we got home, I moved on to step one. That is letting go of lies that denigrate your self-worth. Right. And uh, one of the things that Rachel Hollis says to do is speak your insecurities out loud. So as we found out last season during the You Are a Badass episode, uh, my family is going through a rough time. My dad 
secretly invested a lot of money in a failing company and didn't tell anyone until it was too late and betrayed my mom's trust. And basically, that was the final straw in a long line of choosing work over family. And uh, my parents are most likely getting divorced now. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm yeah. so sorry, hon. Thank sorry you. You know, even in your 30s, your family falling apart just fucking sucks. And uh, it's been making me insecure. You know, I've been thinking a lot about how my parents only got married because my mom got pregnant with me. You know, did my existence force them into a life they didn't mean to live? Uh, Would they have been better off if I never happened? Especially my dad, who was he was like barely 25 when I was born. He was like right out of college and like knocked up his first girlfriend like my mom was a little older. She'd been married once before. She knew she wanted kids. But like, who knows? Who knows? I just feel a little responsible, especially now that I'm older and can, like, understand the situation, you know? So I decided I would speak this insecurity aloud to my dad to see what he thought. Like, even though you didn't want to maybe even have a baby, like, you're okay that I happened and, like, your life went the way it did? Yeah, I'm super glad that you're around. That's really nice to hear. I just worry now with like the you know marriage ending and stuff. Is it like you wish nothing, none of it had ever happened? Like I don't know. Like mom was the one who always like wanted kids. It's not that I didn't want kids. It's just that I was 24. No, I yeah. We <laughs> didn't want kids right then and there. No, I don't blame you for that at all. But it's just I could imagine being in your shoes and being like, good. Like now I don't have to deal with any of this. Like bye forever. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Oh God, that's a painful conversation, Bob. I mean, I mean, I'm, for someone who's not good at expressing any feelings, like he did an okay job reassuring me. He, he said did that's an not okay going to happen Bob. at the end. Like yeah. that's that's reassuring enough. Yeah, but I mean, it breaks my heart because it's not on you to be the person who decides if your family is okay or not, or. Yeah. If they got together or not in the first place, that's not even on you. That I know. Makes, I know. Sad. It's just it like, makes me sad. yeah, it sucks. And like, yeah, it's saying, I feel like saying that aloud lessened the weight in my mind, but it didn't like make me any happier or anything. Oh, Did it make me feel like I'm in control of my life now and like my three person family isn't falling apart? But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, mm. And that's where week one ended for me. Oh, boy. God. So, at least I got laid. <laughs> but, um, now, please tell me about your first week of living by Girl Wash Your Face, Kristen. All right. Before we get into my week one, I actually just want to talk about my experience of reading this book. It mm-hmm. was incredibly frustrating for me to get through this book. And specifically, I had major problems with how she defines happiness, what her approaches to happiness are. And I was complaining about the book a lot in the beginning. Um, Just take a listen to this tape of me and my husband, Dean. I hate this book. I hate this book. Quote, if you're unhappy, that's on you. Like, blame the victim of her? Hello? But but hold on. Just, you, you do quote your Nana quite a bit. Which, and I'm going to paraphrase and probably get it wrong, but basically say sometimes, you know, happiness is a choice. that You can choose to attack the day from a negative place or a 
a happy place. Yeah, yes. And don't get me wrong. I'm like, you're right. I quote my Nana a lot. And Nana is right that you can try to be happy in the moment on an individual micro level. But on a macro level, if people are unhappy, sometimes it's because there are much bigger things happening. And I've said that all along. Yeah. She is not at all accounting for the fact that the millions of tiny humiliations that a woman of color, a gay person, people who are not wealthy and white and look like her. And living in L.A. Yeah, all of those things. Like, what about all of the humiliations and the miseries and the unfairness that the world puts out there? Is it really their fault that they're unhappy? I mean, obviously, I see your point, Kristen, and we've come up against this before in, in books that have a similar vibe. But I, I mean, I'm with Dean here. I even told you this while we were starting the book. You're always talking about you're as happy as you make up your mind to be. And I was saying, you know, sometimes minus the God stuff, Rachel Hollis brings up a lot. Like her tone even reminds me of you. <sighs> Just like almost too cheerful. Okay. And we're just going to let that I part love about go, you. and I'm going to go back to your original question, which was, how did my week one go, Kristen? All right, <laughs> I'm going to tell you how my week one went. All right. So I started with step three, like you. Yay, Yay! Step three. This is where you let go of the lies that diminish your skills and potential. Now, unlike you, I didn't focus on sex. Um, I don't know why you would ever <laughs> not focus on sex. I love sex. It's great. But I actually focused instead on skills related to my working abilities. Mm -hmm. Now, listeners may recall during the last season of the show, I was gradually working toward creating my own brand as a Royals expert, as a podcast expert, as a speaker, as a host, as KristenMinzer.com. And I have to say, I was feeling pretty great about this. So great, in fact, that I even began putting together a six-month timeline for myself that would culminate with me leaving my full-time job and focusing on all my other projects, including this show. But I've had one worry hanging over my head. And I wouldn't call it a lie. I'd just call it a concern. Specifically, do I really have the time management skills to be my own boss? And Yes, I can talk into a mic and write and speak to a crowd, but do I have what it takes to stay motivated and manage my time well if I'm doing it all on my own, outside my structured office world, without my team, day after day? And fortunately, this is where you came in, Jolenta. Me? Yes, you. Yes, you. What? I was your step three? Yes, because you and I talked a lot during week one about all of this, and you reminded me over and over again that I wouldn't be doing it alone. At least part of the time, we'd be in it together, hosting and writing and collaborating and working on our joint efforts. And for the other parts of my professional life, you assured me that I had it in me to manage things. Yeah, dude, you literally have this shit on lock. Yes, that's what you kept telling yeah. me. <laughs> and I was feeling pretty good. Every time you told me that, it felt great. And I kept reminding myself, Jolenta thinks I got this shit on lock. I got this shit on lock. And I'm not actually doing it alone. Even no, when, not at all. Even when I'm not going to an office, I won't really be going it alone because Jolenta, you'll be with me and I'll have a lot of other people out there cheering for me. Yeah. Uh, then what did you do? Well, here's the less amazing part. Mm -hmm. My good mood got a pretty bad hit. And that hit led me into a head-on collision with step two, letting go of the lies that perpetuate bad habits. Uh-oh. Take a listen. Hey, I am sitting outside at a Tex-Mex restaurant alone in Houston, working on one of the final projects I'll work on. 
for Panoply because I just found out my job is ending and I'm drinking a second margarita and contemplating a third. And I know the book says, never say you need a drink, but sometimes you just really fucking need a drink. Oof. That is rough. That is sad. And uh, for our listeners who don't know, Panoply is the podcasting company where Kristen has her day job, had her day job, uh, directing the content arm. And they're also the company that first distributed by the book. Yes, yes. And the demise of Panoply content was obviously super sad for me. I clearly was upset. It was like your baby. Yeah. And I was already thinking of leaving in the next six months, but losing my job obviously pushed that schedule ahead by several weeks. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, I was really worried about my direct reports. As you know, I've worked super hard over the last year to become the kind of manager that they deserve. And suddenly, due to decisions over my head, they were all unemployed. And oh, on top of all this, on the same day, Mm. the man who sexually harassed me for years at a prior job, the one I talked about in the season two episode, Why Good Things Happen to Good People, that guy wrote a 7,000-word essay in a major magazine calling victims like me cowards. And it came out the exact same day all of this was happening. So yeah, I drank two margaritas, and I ate 40 pounds of Tex-Mex, and I just let myself wallow. And yes, I said, I need this drink, and I need these tacos. Poor Kristen. Yeah. So uh, so you're okay with that lie then? I was that day, yeah. yeah. I think sometimes if a lie involves tacos and maybe a margarita or two, like... Who gives a fuck? I don't or know. Or maybe it was the truth in that moment and maybe yeah. it wasn't a lie. Yeah, I maybe say, I also, just maybe that. sometimes yeah. like self soothing is okay, even if it's not the most like healthy habit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't well, know. Well, that's what I, I decided it was for me. Yeah. Well, I guess we will hope that things get better and you'll debunk more lies in week two. Uh, we'll get to that soon. But first, let's take a break. Do you smell what I smell? Do you know the song? You know the song? Do you smell what I smell? A flur, a flur. Yes, yes. It's on Kristen's skin. And on yours. We smell fantastic. (laughs) We do. You know why? Because we gifted each other Fleur holiday gift sets. Yes, we did. Because we love each other. Every holiday gift set from Fleur includes three stunning non-toxic perfumes for just $18. That's a month's worth of Fleur's award-winning perfume, all for just $18. Fleur has something for everyone on your list. Candles, full-size bottles of fragrances, body washes, body lotion, and more. And a whole slew of gifts for the scent lover in your life, all from Fleur. What I love about Fleur is they are a completely transparent fragrance company. They tell you every ingredient in their perfumes and why it's there. There are no secrets, no nasty chemicals, and no BS. Fleur creates sustainably crafted, award-winning perfumes delivered with transparency at an honest price. What's not to love? Kristen, you smell so good. What scent are you wearing? I am wearing Homestead and Box, my favorite, of course. It smells good during any season, and especially during this magical time of year. You smell amazing, and what's even more amazing is your husband, Dean, could also wear that same scent because they are not gender-specific scents, which is so beautiful. To get your holiday gift set of three stunning perfumes for 20% off, go to Fleur.com today and use promo code BOOK. That's promo code BOOK at Fleur.com for 20% off your holiday gift set. 
com promo code book. Jolenta, you are looking like the sparkly star on top of a Christmas tree. Oh you gosh. look just beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. You know why? It's not my face. It's Wander Beauty. Oh, my God. We love Wander Beauty. Wander Beauty creates multitasking beauty essentials that are easy to use and travel friendly. Wander Beauty was founded by a working mom of two and a supermodel, just like us, not two women who are always on the move and know how to make the most out of their precious time. I am currently obsessed with Wander Beauty's Duelist Matte and Illuminating Concealer. It has two ends. One has a matte sort of concealer stick on it, and I use that in my under eye to, like, really erase the dark bags. And then on the other side, it has a liquid sort of illuminating glowy concealer that you can use as a highlighter. It is the best duo for concealing on the go or at home. You look fantastic all the time. And one thing I really love about Wander Beauty is that everything they make is clean, cruelty-free, and created with ingredients your skin will love. And now, getting gorgeous is even more foolproof with Wander Beauty's Essential Sets. Their super popular Just One Swipe Duo features full-size versions of their Wanderlust Powder Foundation and Allure Best of Beauty award-winning Unlashed Volume and Curl Mascara at 30% off the retail value. You know I love a good deal. Oh, it's so good. So go to wanderbeauty.com slash buy the book today to save an additional 20% on Wander Beauty's Just One Swipe Complexion and Lash Duo or any of their other amazing bundles. That's wanderbeauty.com slash buy the book. Okay, Jolenta, let's talk about your second week of living by Girl, Wash Your Face. When we left off, you were struggling with feelings with your family. Right, right. I was feeling like shit about my family. And I was like, I'm going to start the second week by getting some perspective and doing step five. Step five, letting go of the lies that keep you set in your ways. I just wanted to stop thinking about my family falling apart and how without it, I'll have no place in the world to call home. And I was very stuck there. And the book says to gain perspective, you should talk to people who have different life experiences from you. So I talked to a good friend of mine who's had a very different life. Her mom died when we were kids and her family got totally restructured and they moved across the country. And her family has looked like a lot of different things. And she reminded me that Everyone's family is fucked up and everyone's family goes through changes. And just because the structure has looked the same for 30 years and is changing dramatically doesn't mean you don't have a family. It doesn't mean you don't have a place in the world or people that are there for you. It's just going to look different. Yes to this friend. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And Jolenta, you still have a family. I know. It is so different. But yeah, no, she really helped me get some perspective. And while what she said was super helpful, I also felt like I needed to still lighten my mood a little bit. And that is what I tried to do with step four. Ah, yes. Step four, letting go of the lies that are holding you back from succeeding. Right. So first I listed some goals and I made a vision board that I made as the backdrop of my computer. You love those vision boards. Yeah, you want to see my new one? Yeah. It's a little more holistic, uh, like, and taking into account the world, like, there's a, like, some feminist march signs and there's, like, a coven having a meeting. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, that's a coven. But there's still, like, you know, money. But <laughs> and, and it has some nice shades of purple 
purple and gold yeah. and yeah. So anyway, I tried to like broaden my scope a little with my goals. And then I was like, and what'll make me feel even better about the world is I'm gonna list all my accomplishments. But that was way fucking harder than I thought it would be to do. And I couldn't think of anything that I was like actually proud, like anything I would label as an accomplishment that I have done in my life. What? I, it just was really hard. There was nothing. It's not like I like won any medals or anything. Like there's no like whatever. Excuse me? What? So what? Wait, just calm down. Calm down. I asked Brad to help me because I figured I was probably like doing this wrong. Yes, you were. And here we are working together to make my list. Like, sometimes I'm just proud I graduated high school. I think that's great, sweetie. You went to a hard, you went to a tough high school and you had a particularly difficult time doing it. Oh, I'm sorry, have we talked about overcoming like sexual harassment and but sexual bias? Some people at don't many think it's real places? sometimes. Sweetheart, why do you care what they think? I don't because sometimes Is it was it a challenge or not? Yeah, no, I And mean, did you overcome it or yeah, not? Yeah, I mean that's an accomplishment. That is a huge accomplishment and a lot of people don't come out the other side. And I don't want you demeaning other people that are going through that right now by saying that's not an accomplishment. If you were talking to a 17-year-old girl mm. going through high school right now, would you tell her it's no big deal? No. No. So please treat yourself at least as good as you would treat that 17-year-old girl. Okay. Okay? It's a big deal. I know. I know. It's tough. I'm, I'm not trying to make you cry. <laughs> I know. You're being really sweet. I just didn't think this would be hard. Mm. Why can't I just... Believe the things I say to other people. <laughs> yes, Brad. Yes. And, you know, we live in New York City, by the way, where mm -hmm. in some districts, less than half of the kids graduate from high school. It can be really fucking hard to graduate from high school. And then on top of that, you graduated from college. You started a hit show, which is frequently on the Apple Top 100. You have done so many things in your life that are above and beyond <sighs> And that's not even talking about the squishy things that other people don't acknowledge, like you're an outstanding friend, you're a great cheerleader, you're incredibly kind, you throw great parties, you make good imitation Frank voices. Not that that's ever an imitation, that's Thank actually you. Frank talking. So, I mean, there uh, are a million things that are fantastic you. about you. And yes, all the things that you do that are great about you are also great on a bigger level, and Brad's 100% right. Don't diminish yourself, inadvertently diminish others when you do that. And that's, you diminish those who really actually believe in no, you. It's that's like, a good it's point. It's like, am I a dum dum for believing you? I'm just like a naive dum dum Kristen Meinzer. She's so stupid. She believes in somebody like Jolenta <laughs> who's a loser. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. And Brad is right. And uh, listing my accomplishments definitely showed me, you know, I have a lot to work on still. I have trouble seeing my own humanity. And I'm probably more influenced than I'd like to admit by the things I rail against in society, like sexism and labels and all that shit. And while Brad definitely helped, it was still, you know, sort of a sobering experience that didn't really lift my spirits. So I moved on to step two, which is letting go of the lies that enforce bad habits. And Yes, negative self-talk is obviously a bad habit of mine. We've lived by a whole book about it. But I also realized I was just really exhausted that day and beaten down. And I was like, oh, what if one of my bad habits is the fact that I stay up until 3 a.m. by myself, like, picking at my face and puttering around the house? What if I went to bed like a normal person? That's a good habit. Yeah. So I decided... 
I would set an alarm for... 12.45. Ooh, bedtime alarm. Yeah. Yes. Well, Brad gets home at midnight, so I want to see him for a little bit. And then I would set a bedtime alarm and then try to be in bed around, you know, 1, 1.15-ish. And uh, the first day I tried this, I remembered why I get ready for bed later than Brad. We're both assholes. Take a listen. I'm just saying you can move over to the side. No, you're not saying you yourself. can move over to the side. You're saying... You said move. I don't you... mean it in anger. You just mean it as a command. No, I just mean like move a little. Not move. Just like, can you move over? Okay. I'll say that next time. You don't yeah. have to react like I was trying to hurt you. I, didn't, I just said you can't. The, 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 I set an alarm and now it's time to wash my face. No. I'm going to interrupt well, everything you do and, and just shove you and say move. Is this not, that can't be how this works. I didn't shove you. I tapped you and I said move. Also, I said part of the reason I get ready for bed after you is because I know I can't share the bathroom with you. You can. Can I? Because you were very rude about needing a mirror when I needed the sink. There's a mirror in the hall. There's a mirror in the living room. Sometimes I use that to put makeup on when you're in the bathroom. So we can both definitely use this, and you can definitely. I need to wash my face. Great. Then just ask me. Ask me for something. Why do I have to ask to use my own bathroom? Are you serious right now? Oh my God! That's what happens when I get for get ready for bed early. You guys need to get back on that sexification because that was tense. Yeah, yeah. So my plan did not work well. We. Eventually, I talked it out and apologized to each other, but it took so long, I still didn't get to sleep until 3 a.m. <laughs> oh, I and, love uh, it. My plan didn't work so well, and basically, I ended the two weeks of living by Girl Wash Your Face by having a fight about washing my face. Perfect. How was your second week of living by the book, Kristen? Well... Reminder, we left things off with me drinking alone and shoveling food into my food hole at a sidewalk restaurant in the raid in Houston. A.K.A. living my dream life. (laughs) Except the Houston part. Uh, J.K. Houston. I've never been there. Let's move on. All right. The next day, I knew I had to stop moping. I mean, I was doing some comfort eating and drinking. But the next day, I knew I had to take some action. So I started with step one, letting go of the lies that denigrate my self-worth. And note, I'm not one to tell myself hurtful right. lies about myself. You're I good just at I hate that. Yeah. I just hate it so much. But there is one part of that step that I actually like, and that step is focusing on what fills you with joy. And so I'm like, you know what? While all of this is happening, if I focus on what fills me with joy, things will get better. And under the circumstances, I knew what that source of joy would be, and that would be helping my team. Mm-hmm. So I began sending emails like crazy and pounding the phones and trying to network for my team. And whenever someone in the industry reached out and asked, how are you doing? What's happening with Panoply? Or calling to ask about how I felt about my harasser, any of those things. My first response would be, thank you for calling. Can you get one of my direct reports a job? That's so great. And I have to say, it really made me feel better. That's amazing. I love that. And I feel, yeah, that's putting your misery to such good use. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So what did you do next? I moved on to step four, letting go of the lies that keep me from succeeding. And 
Again, I didn't focus on the lies part. I mean, there's Again, so much emphasis Kristen's on lies. so well-adjusted. Oh, lies. Instead, I focused on the part of this step about setting goals for my post-panoply life. That's, that's an important part right now. Yes. And rather than just write down the goals, I first brainstormed them with Dean, and here we are doing that. Let's list all the things I'm going to accomplish, honey. That sounds uh, like a great idea. I am going to continue to host with Jolenta. I'm going to develop new projects with Jolenta. I'm going to do more writing. I am specifically going to speak not just to classrooms and to businesses that are interested in podcasting, but I'm also going to make sure that I still go to conferences and talk and that I am a known brand outside of Panoply. Absolutely. And I think the businesses thing has to become much bigger for you. I think, I think there's a lot of value in teaching companies how to make their own sponsored content. I think you should go to those companies and I think you should pitch the, uh, the fact that you can help them create a great podcast that attracts an actual audience. I think that's a really valuable service. I know how to do that. Yeah. I already do that. Well, I, that's, yeah, you know exactly how to do that and it's worth a lot of money to probably a lot of companies. I'm going to charge those clients what I'm worth. Get it. Get those goals. Make that dough. Live yeah. your best life. Go, Run Kristen. The world. Go, Kristen. Got this yes. shit on lock. Yes. <laughs> that is good. I feel very excited about these goals, especially because my name is mentioned in them. Yes, of course. You're central to these. Obviously. Duh. We're a team. And how did you end week two then? With step five, by letting go of the lies that keep me set in my ways, and I'll just say it again, broken record, not going to focus on the lies broken part Broken record, like so well-adjusted, I never lie to myself <laughs> and tell myself mean things because I'm so nice to myself. <laughs> you know what I did? I did exactly what you did. I spent time with people who are different from me. That's the part of the step I liked. Mm. And specifically, people who are different from me professionally. Oh. As I end my time at Panoply and start my new life as KristenMinzer.com. You know I, you are not a website, right? I am KristenMinzer.com. Stop it. I've come to realize I need a support system that includes freelancers and people who are their own bosses, people who make their dreams come true outside the nine to six office world structure. So, of course, I spent time with you, even more time than we usually yep, spend together. It's true. I also had long heart to hearts with my friend Liz, who's owned her own business for years, and with Gretchen Rubin, who's oh, nice. been her own brand for over a decade, and with lots of other people whose work lives resemble what I want my new work life to look like. Oh, wow. That's super nice. That is so well done. That is so by the book. Ah! <laughs> I love it. You like actually did that. Well, well, we'll see how well I did it and what I actually thought of it when we get to this week's verdict. Oh, true. But first, reminder, we want to hear from you. Have you lived by this book? Do you wash your face? Share your stories with us, your thoughts with us. You can always hit us up on Twitter, at Jalenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, and at By the Book Pod. Jolenta, you and I love ourselves some genealogy. We love to know about mm -hmm. backstories. We love to go deep with what makes us who we are. And that includes our DNA. True. And this holiday season, why not give a Helix DNA kit? 
It's the next generation of DNA testing that captures 100 times more data than most other at-home DNA tests. It unlocks more than just ancestry, but real actionable insights that can help your loved ones improve their nutrition, health, sleep, and more. So whether they want to understand where they came from or improve their fitness routine or even find their next bottle of wine, they are in control of what they discover next from their DNA. Here's how it works. Gift them a kit with everything they need to get started, including a prepaid shipping box to send their saliva sample to the Helix Lab. They'll receive their test results and get access to the Helix store where, from over 30 reports unlocking over 200 insights, they'll be able to choose what matters most to them. They can go back anytime. Helix is always providing more information and from just their one sample. So let your loved ones unwrap DNA discoveries long beyond the holiday season with a DNA kit from Helix. Head to helix.com slash buy the book to receive up to 40% off all products until December 25th. And if you use promo code buy the book at checkout, you'll get an extra 20% off your order. That's helix.com slash buy the book for 40% off and promo code buy the book for an additional 20% until December 25th. Guess what my dentist told me during my most recent visit? She said, not just me, but everybody should be using an electric toothbrush, she said. Yes, because she said the way we brush our teeth with our manual toothbrushes, we fall into patterns. We don't necessarily hit all the points in our mouths that we should or at the angles that we could. That is so interesting. So what about if this holiday season to help solve everyone's problem in your life You got them a Quip toothbrush. It's something they'll use twice every day. It was featured on Oprah's O-List, and it's perfect for everyone with a mouth. Quip is the electric toothbrush designed to make brushing better. It has sensitive sonic vibrations that are gentle enough on your sensitive gums and a built-in timer with guiding pulses to remind you when to switch sides. And Quip makes holiday travels clean and easy with a multi-use cover that mounts to mirrors and unmounts to slide over the bristles for on-the-go brushing. And Quip doesn't require a clunky charger and runs for three months on one charge. My teeth have never felt cleaner than when I've brushed with a Quip toothbrush. So why not give that to everyone in your life? Give them the gift of clean, healthy teeth. Quip has over 5,000 verified five-star reviews and looks like a big-ticket tech gift with a stocking stuffer price, starting at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash buy the book, you get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush, but you don't have to tell your giftee that. That's your first refill pack free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash buy the book. Okay, Jolenta, it's time to get down to business. Did Girl Wash Your Face actually work? Did it change your life? Would we recommend it? Let's see. Um, Probably unlike you, I didn't hate reading this book. (laughs) It reminded me of hanging out with my friend Kristen, just like a little (laughs) bit cornier. Um, Like, as a collection of personal anecdotes, it's totally fine. As I said, it's a little corny. It gets a little preachy. She introduces the fact that she's, like, very Christian around Chapter 6. Oh, no. She does it from the beginning. I did not notice until Chapter 6. She talks about the devil is real in Chapter 1. Oh, really? She talks about the Pentecostal church. She talks about her dad being a preacher. she talks about being raised in that. She talks about how when she had sex with her husband before they were married, she knew it was a sin. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I didn't 
think of it as that religious until she mentioned that they had a religious publisher. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's and I was that like, too. oh, OK, like this is straight up religious. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically, like her definition of success is, uh, in my opinion, a little narrow and basic. Like she, she to me is the sort of like shining example of what I call like a pretty basic mommy blogger. But like. One who's at the top of her game. She's a pumpkin spice latte yes. success story. Yeah, and like her her idea of success is move to L.A., like marry the first guy you have a real relationship with, like be a fancy party planner, like have adorable children on your blog and, you know, blah, 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 like be in a rom-com, which is fun to read for me. It's fun to read about. Mm-hmm. I, I don't identify with it, but it's interesting. And um, I do like that she thinks trauma and negative thinking cannot be brushed aside in order to go after your goals. Like they have to be dealt with and acknowledged and worked through in order to then blindly only see the bright side, (laughs) which which I have to say, like, doesn't happen in a lot of these books that we read. You know, a lot of them are like, just pretend nothing ever happened and like plaster that smile on your face where she's like, okay, like you will have to acknowledge that shit happens and like it will make you sad, but that's not the same as not living like your happiest life. So I like that, even though it's a little milk toast. But really, I have to say, living by this book did not do much for me. You know, it was kind of a downer. And I was learning all these truths, but they were just as depressing as all the lies I was telling myself. I don't know. <laughs> or I did it wrong. Um, but I all, I started to wonder if it has something to do with her delivery, because I noticed this the second I picked up the book. She goes against what I would consider my cardinal rule of teaching from back when I was a teacher, which is state things in the positive. Mm-hmm. People want to hear things and it's easier to to learn from them and apply them if they are stated positively i.e always try to do blah 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 as opposed to never do blah blah yes all of the advice starts with don't which is kind of fun on paper and looks cute in the outline but when you're actually applying it it's like don't do this don't do that it starts to feel like you're being scolded and like she's assuming you're already doing everything wrong which is a downer to me it was a downer So, yeah, that's how I feel mostly, although I did like the sex part and that was not a downer. (laughs) So your verdict is? The verdict is it didn't do much for me, but like always get creative with sex and try new things with sex. (laughs) Verdict. Done. Uh, How about you, Kristen? What do you think? How do you feel? I second all of your issues with all the church stuff the Mm -hmm. evangelical stuff the preacher stuff the devil is real is it better than source energy and like the universe oh it's all horrible it's all yeah but there was more of it in this book i know you didn't catch on to it until like two-thirds of the way (laughs) through the book but i saw it in every chapter i'm like oh my god why are you demonizing having sex before marriage and then you ended up marrying the guy anyway you teenager whatever um also, like you, I, I found a lot of it really negative. For a book that's supposed to be about living your best life right. and being happy, the fact that everything is focused on listen to this lie you tell yourself and I lie to myself this way and don't do this. And I just thought, first of all, I don't tell myself these lies. And other people, I'm sure, would react better if you didn't just presume they were lying to themselves all the mm-hmm. time. There's got to mm-hmm. be a better approach to get into things. Um than just presuming that we're all lying to ourselves. Right. And now just hearing you say that also got me thinking where it's like, what if we also approached it where it's like, 
maybe even if we tell ourselves these lies, like they're from society or like exactly. things that are out of our control. And it's not like us just randomly deciding to do it to ourselves. Like yeah. it's, it's part of a bigger picture. Exactly. And I was just going to get to that because oh, I sorry. mean, no, 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 it's <laughs> totally fine. But I mean, I think that if it seems to the author that most of us are lying to themselves, I think sometimes it's just that we're using certain coping mechanisms or we're in a world that doesn't love us as much as we deserve to be loved. Yeah. I mean, there are a million lies that the world tells us. And maybe it's not that we're lying. It's just that we hear a lot of crap. Yeah. Does that make sense? And that it sinks in as truth. And it's not like a like, quit hitting yourself like yeah. type situation. It's a societal norm. So she can say we're lying to ourselves or we can say we live in a place that has terrible societal norms. Yes. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Um, finally, one more thing I have to point out that I really mm-hmm. don't like here. Oh, yes. Go ahead. Or can I make it a few more things, actually? Uh-oh. Step five, the part where she tells us to hang out with people who are different from ourselves. Mm-hmm. You and I both benefited from that, I totally, think. Totally. Totally. But the way she presents it in the book is, I'm a blonde white lady, and I learned so much from my brown friends. Oof, I know. I and, know. And it didn't feel that she was trying to make sure she lived in a world with diverse people so that she could make the world better. It was, I can be more well-rounded if I know people who are different from me. And that's great. I'm glad you're becoming more well-rounded. I think it's super important. I think it's important for your kids. Mm. But our goals in getting to know people who are different from us shouldn't just be for ourselves. Good. Does that make oh, sense? Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. just about yeah. us. Yeah. And then also, we didn't even get into this. She's really into weight. She's really into dieting. She's oh, really yeah. into thinness. I feel like I don't even remember that, but maybe I just like immediately let it pass through my brain and out the other side. No, she uses it as an example more than once in the book. Like, don't you hate those people who always say that they're on a diet and then they cheat? You shouldn't be that cheater. Treat yourself better than that person who fucks up their diet. That's kind of what she says. I'm like, yeah, Ooh, yeah. lady. Um, all that being said, though, I do think Rachel Hollis is right that there are, situationally speaking, moments that we can put a better spin on. Mm-hmm. And there are ways that focusing on the positive can improve our lives. Obviously, you already think that I say that all the time. Maybe you literally do. Yes, I, I still believe in that. And, you know, for example, over the past couple of weeks, I've been thinking about how much worse things would be if I didn't have so many friends and former coworkers out there cheering for me. Mm-hmm. What if I didn't have you and Dean and Brad and Cameron? What if I didn't have people out there telling me they believe in me? And what about all the times in my life that were much, much worse? As you know, Jolenta, I've gone through way worse shit than what I'm going through right now. So through all this, I've actually found myself exclaiming over and over again, I am so lucky, all caps. I am so lucky. Mm -hmm. I am so thankful. And the fact is, I know I'm lucky. And whatever happens next, I'm going to be fine. And my direct reports are going to be fine. And you're going to be fine. And I'm going to be fine. And we're all going to look out for each other because we're lucky to have each other. Yeah. And that's it for this episode of By the Book. Our producer is Cameron Drews. Thanks also to our composer, Nate Wyda, and to the Rizzos who perform our theme song. Please stay in touch. Let us know if you've lived by Girl, Wash Your Face and how it worked or did not work for you. Also, send us any questions or suggestions for future books for us to live by. You can always find us on Twitter at Jolenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, or at By the Book Pod. And you can join our Facebook community to find thousands of amazing people to talk to about everything from self-help to animals and clothing. And you can find a link to that Facebook group in our show notes. Also, please rate and review us in Apple Podcasts. It helps other people to find the show. And if you haven't already, tell a friend about the show. 
Until next time, I'm Jalenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. So I asked Brad to help me. And here we are working together to make my list. And here we are working together to make my list. So here we are. Ringing <laughs> My name is Frank. I'm helping too. Oh, hey, yo. I will help make the dish. <laughs> I did cut a part where he started barking during it. And Brad's like, see how upset you're making him? <laughs> and like, then we did a whole exchange. But I was like, I can't. Like, this is just too much, Frank. But that, like, that's how, I, like, we talk through him constantly. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.